for listening. This is Renee Sills, host of the Embodied Astrology Podcast. You might have noticed that over the last few months, I've been trying out some new formats and playing around with my schedule. In part, this has been so I have more time to study and develop my work with all things astrology and body and art related, but also these schedule changes have allowed me to open up some time and space to work on new podcast offerings like interviews and conversations with some of my favorite people. I am so excited to share these conversations with you, and today's episode is with someone I've found to be a huge personal inspiration and who I think you'll also love. Indira Valley is a multidisciplinary artist and performer who lives here in Portland, Oregon. In our conversation, we talk about the nature of creativity and queerness, pleasure, slowness, life philosophies, and of course, astrology. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Great, great, great. Okay. Well, I'm really happy to be sitting here with you today. Thank you. And yeah, let's have you introduce yourself. Let's. Okay. Um, my name is Indira. I go by Indira Valley when I perform. Um, I'm a first generation Latinx and Jew, Jewish um, artist, multimedia artist, performer, musician, um, photographer, videographer. And uh, I am based in Portland, Oregon. Yay. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> and Indira is the second guest I've ever had on Embodied Astrology yeah. talking with me. And I think I've known you for, what, like four or five years now? Yeah, like three to four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've done a couple chart readings. We have multiple overlapping mm-hmm. friend circles. Yeah. And it's been really fun getting to know you and getting to know your chart. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited to talk to you about your art practice. Mm-hmm. And I just want to like take a minute to to gush a little bit about you Thank and your you. art practice. Um, I've been so impressed ever since we met. Like we met um, through a mutual friend, but then I think kind of the first time I ever heard about you, I ended up at a show um, that you were doing the video for, mm. and then I kind of knew you through dance and videography, and then started hearing from other people about you as a performer, as a musician, and then saw you perform a couple of times. In the shows that I saw you perform in that I'm thinking of, it was like you and a loop machine and Mm -hmm. like your guitar, maybe some other instruments that you brought up and your voice. And it was so hypnotic and encompassing, like the feeling of, being in your space um, Mm. while you're performing. And I think I remember saying this to you at the first reading that we did that um, I was reminded so much of someone that I knew um, when I lived in Montreal, an artist named Lassa de Sella. Oh, yeah. Huge fan. Oh, God. And, and like, the resonance for me, I think, was maybe in what you just started with Mm. was feeling... She was really the first artist that I clicked into as someone that I felt like she was channeling and that she was so connected to her ancestors and her lineage, but the way she was expressing was so contemporary and like perfect for that moment and that place. Mm. And then I went to a drag show (laughs) just a couple months ago and saw you perform this pizza piece (laughs) <laughs> yeah. that what I think it is the best drag performance I've ever seen or burlesque or whatever like whatever category to. it was so funny I was laughing until I was crying my stomach was hurting and at the same time I was completely transfixed by you as a performer I could not I could not take my eyes off of you it was so it was so powerful and captivating and funny and deep <laughs> and at that point, I was like, oh, my God, Indira is a fucking genius. <laughs> a wonder kind of Thank some you. kind. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to get to talk to you and get to learn a little bit more about your practice mm-hmm. and to use astrology to understand that. Um, and just for everyone to know, Indira is a double Sagittarius. With a Sagittarius moon conjunct the Ascendant and uh, Gemini sun, meaning that you were born at a full moon. 
uh, just as the moon was rising and just as the sun was setting. Hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. Right in the middle of spring, huh? Like right in that kind of before, just as the days are getting longer, mm-hmm. that mid-Gemini season, like moving towards the summer solstice. Can imagine, see what time you were born? 7.30 in the p.m. Mm. So the sun was just going down on the western descendant mm. and the moon was just rising. And I was hurting my mom because I was 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you were ripping your yeah. way into the world. Ripping the world. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier about a word that you mentioned as, um, something that you do is shape-shifting mm-hmm. and I love this idea for a Gemini Sag person. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean that you're a shape-shifter? Sure. So, you know, I have multiple identities, multiple ways of being, um, I forgot to mention that I'm queer, which definitely influences how I like to move through the world and, and explore different identities. Um, and so what comes to mind the most is like through my performance work, I really feel like performance is this like sacred ritual container in which you can um, kind of let, kind of put aside your everyday self and um, open yourself up as a channel to trust in the moment and to trust what's coming through and so that often can it can start as an intentional thing for example like the pizza piece it was like I've been very interested in um like clowning as a as a sacred form of you know before I was like had many assumptions about clown and and I'm realizing that it is this also this sacred invitation to um come into different identities and 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 then once the container is closed then there's also something beautiful about that because it's like you can let that go and and continue on with your with your exploration of 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 life but then what's cool is like I think that it has allowed me like the performance space has allowed me to um get more comfortable with my everyday self and kind of get out of my comfort zone my everyday self so I think the shape shifter quality I equate it with like the Gemini thing also because I think I'm very influenced by my intuitive like sense of my outer surroundings depending on who I'm with so when I'm performing I'm also very influenced by who's there and like what's coming through and when I'm present with that day so Mm. yeah Yeah, so you have a Gemini sun conjunct to the asteroid Pallas, and Pallas and both your sun and Pallas are on the descendant, which is kind of where you're meeting the world, right? Mm -hmm. And where we are all coming into contact with you. Mm -hmm. And Pallas is uh, strategy and patterns and being able to kind of make sense out of the senseless, like pull it into... um, mm, I want to think of a better word than strategy, but that's mm. the word that's coming up. And so, um, and then you have Virgo on your midheaven and the midheaven is the place in the chart that describes kind of the public image oh. and, and where you come out into the world. And we see Indira as the archetype of Indira, no planets in Virgo, but both Virgo and Gemini are ruled in classical astrology by Mercury. And I think Mercury is like the astrological shapeshifter. And it's hermaphroditic, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, completely non-binary, it shifts into whatever space it needs to shift. It shares stories, it brings messages, it was the only god that was allowed to traverse between the underworld and the overworld. Oh, wow. And the idea of like a psychopomp, like someone who is a bridge for the spiritual realm and the human realm, this is Mercury. Um, or from maybe, uh, like an esoteric perspective, it's, it's the place where our conscious mind tells the story of our super conscious experience. And in your chart, you have Mercury opposite, exactly opposite to Lilith and Scorpio in the 12th house. And that kind of, I, one of the things that's so impressive to me about you as a performer is the way that you can kind of channel this, um, it's like 
at times maybe mischievous or dark or erotic yeah. uh, or maybe kind of dangerous or aggressive, mm-hmm. but like the way that it comes in is so full and embodied and you have Mercury and Taurus yeah, <laughs> opposite to this kind of like really transformative and erotic placement mm. of Lilith and Scorpio. Wow. I love that feedback. That actually puts some pieces together. Mm. Yeah. I, um, what came to me while you were talking about that is how performance spaces also feels like a kind of offering. Like I mm. want people to be able to experience themselves in a safe way and be able to go to kind of dark places like maybe suppressed erotic places um so often it's like I'm gonna go there with this thing that I'm sensing and it doesn't always feel conscious but it's like you know who doesn't need that who doesn't need like a safe space to explore um things that we don't get to be encouraged to explore that much. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you invite your audience to explore with you? Like, what does that mean for you? Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that as I'm, you know, sometimes I'll just get this like impulse, to, like scream into the mic. And it's like, in that moment, I, I imagine that it's an invitation to, for people to feel that whatever that expression feels like to them. So I have people, a lot of people, I think mostly experience feeling like it can be a space to cry. Mm. Um, and so I, I think through the feedback that other people have told me, I'm realizing that even though I'm not conscious of it, I ask other people to explore with me just by people witnessing the different expressions that feel like very universal expressions. Yeah. What I hear in what you're saying, which is not quite what you're saying, but is that you're really feeling what it is that you're expressing Mm -hmm. and you're allowing that feeling to kind of fill the space and bring people in. Mm -hmm. Um, And just a minute ago, before we started recording, you mentioned that performance is this place where you channel. Mm. Can you talk about that? What what does that feel like for you? Sure. Um, It feels like I start out empty. Like I like, so often don't know what I'm going to do when I perform. So there's a kind of like vessel feeling where I am intentionally inviting um, what wants to come through to come through. Um, So I think it, my embodied sense about it is that I'm start out empty and I, and I, I try to intentionally invite energies that are going to serve the space or serve me to come through. Um, so I, I used to have the experience of like, Oh, just let whatever you want to come in. <laughs> like that wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels like it comes through me and out and through the music, through the performance. And then it's like a, then it just goes out. I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so I'm looking at your chart again, mm-hmm. listening to you saying that. And my attention is in this conjunction that you have of Jupiter and Chiron conjuncting the eighth house in the sign cancer and it feels reminiscent that energy to me of Lilith and Scorpio in the 12th both of them have um well both of them are in water and so we're dealing with the emotional element and the 12th and the 8th are the places where things are not clear Mm -hmm. and um we're 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 working with maybe limited or very different sensory capacity in the 12th house maybe we lose our body we lose our sense of self we journey out into the unknown or we open for the unknown to come through and in the eighth we're picking up on the stuff that is deeper than the words it's like all these kind of complex interweaving of feelings totally yeah yeah I guess I want to touch on something that comes through my work a lot is like creating moments where there can 
where like grief is okay mm. and um oh, I forgot this essay that I read but it was just so beautiful about like honoring that so much of our world is dying right now and that we don't know how to really process it all you know and so that's something that I think comes through my work maybe related to what you were just saying how it feels like we can you know read about horrible things that we want to grieve maybe not knowing how and then the I think art forms can be so powerful in that sense it's like we don't understand maybe how they can help us grieve or what grief can look like or you know just letting the body speak right right and then the role that you have as an artist or performer of channeling these feelings and allowing them to to fill you up Mm. as the gateway or the permission for anyone that's in that space with you Mm. to also go there yeah yeah and I think a lot of it comes from my own self-healing it's like of course I want my work to give back to me too and like um currently I'm breaking down a lot of um, shame I have around my body, around like what my sexuality looks like, and the work that I do, especially like the the new explorations of the drag work and kind of clown work, is really helpful to me personally to be like breaking down mm-hmm. shame that I have. So it's um, exciting. So it's like it's exciting to me that it it's it's translating and mm-hmm. it's like helping others mm-hmm. and that it's. It's definitely helping me. So. Yeah, beautiful. I, translation is another um, term that I associate with Mercury and that mm. kind of bridging or shapeshifter where to be an effective translator, there has to be some kind of, of knowledge and familiarity with what's being translated mm. from both sides. And then your Jupiter Chiron uh, energy is, you know, Chiron is this figure that... Um, kind of through through the process of crisis and suffering comes the gifts and the healing gifts and the capacity to be one's own healer. And, um, of course, Jupiter is a benefic and a generous, you know, energy within the Zodiac. And then they're both there in a sign that holds space. Mm, the Cancer. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a place in the chart in the eighth house where not, you know, it's scary to go mm-hmm. there yeah. into the underworld. Yeah, I I consider myself super privileged. Like, I was given space to make art growing up. Like, I, I, I started painting at a pretty young age and was just, I guess I, I'm touching on this because it feels like in this lifetime I have, I feel very privileged to not experience um, a lot of suffering. And so in a way I feel like a, kind of responsibility to um share these gifts and to to also teach here and there when I can and um so yeah I just wanted to touch on that (laughs) yeah well that brings up um a question for me that I thought about a few moments ago with another question that I'm trying to trace back those Mm -hmm. threads but um at the beginning, you were mentioning your various ancestries and mm-hmm. being first generation of many yeah. streams, and um, and I and I know that many of the streams that you are inherit and an inheritor of are mm-hmm. streams that actually have a lot of pain mm-hmm. associated yeah. with them. How do you? How does that come through for you in your work? Yeah. So. I recently had this really powerful reading with someone with Shane Case uh, mm. in in Portland, and she um, she brought to my awareness that this lifetime for me, um, I don't have to go back into the suffering of my ancestors. Like this this lifetime for me is like a gift that I can um, that in a way like my ancestors did what they had to do kind of in order to give me this kind of opportunity in this this life so I think I think a lot of like reverence comes through into my work and it's like just gratitude and honoring of like what they had to go through um I'm pretty close with my grandmas um they're both they 
my one grandma had to flee to Nazi Germany and like immigrated to Colombia and then um, and then to Miami where I grew up. And then the other grandma also came from a family that lived in a Jewish ghetto in Lithuania and she was born in Honduras. And it's like just a lot of stories that I've heard here and there and more feel like, yeah, like what I was saying, it's just acknowledgement and honoring and knowing also that I, that I can live a more free life because of what they went through. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously being able to spend time with your art Mm. is one element of freedom. Yeah. What else does that mean to you to live a free life? Hmm. Well, as you know, Sag is like super obsessed with freedom. So (laughs) I think that it means that um, I don't even like to like tie myself down with assuming what my life is going to look like. Like, I think that freedom to me is connected to being able to be surprised at, at what unfolds. Um, so I, I think that that's why I'm a freelancer and an artist and can't work for anyone else really. (laughs) So I think that's the way it comes through. Yeah. Um, it also comes through in my various relationships in my life. Um, I have a big community um, and try to practice like non-hierarchical ways of having relationships. What does that mean? Um, I think that I'm, you know, not living a life where I'm predicting what's going to happen with one partner and getting married and setting up a kind of life that's following what I was told I should do. Um, So I think as I come into my queerness more and into my non-monogamous relationship with my partner, um, just like feeling so full in my heart and being able to honor each relationship for what it is and, and like be able to communicate in ways that are that are honest and expansive and and allowing each relationship to transform into what it wants to be Mm -hmm. yeah I think there's I've learned so much about myself in the past three years makes sense also I'm in my Saturn return so I'm learning Mm -hmm. like a shit time it's like a crash course moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. well you're one of the people that um has Saturn and Capricorn and you were born uh, in 1990, which was when Uranus and Neptune were there mm-hmm. as well. And Great. the that those forces acting in Capricorn, the kind of dissolving dr- new dream feeling of Neptune, like what you know, we create our reality. <laughs> what are we creating? And then the disruptive and um, iconoclastic energy of Uranus in the sign of tradition. Um, right. And, and that for so many people, um, that I think are going through their Saturn returns, their first Saturn returns right now, and we're born with that signature, that marker, that there's this really interesting dance that's happening with mm-hmm. tradition and maybe, um, you know, a recognition around container and boundary, which is very Capricorn. Yeah. Um, but then a new idea of what the containers are, what the boundaries are, what the dream that's held inside of those containers is. Yes. I know we've talked like quite a bit about, um, non-hierarchical relationships and non-monogamy and having a, um, a sense of safety and respect within the relationships that it's not Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, just party time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've learned so much about like myself Mm -hmm. through that, through non-monogamy. Um, it definitely around what the fuck containers even are. Mm -hmm. Cause, uh, I, I guess by containers, I mean boundaries. Yeah. Um, and 
That's so good to learn because I was not given role models really around um, knowing how to make time for myself also. Like it's like transformed my idea around like my relationship with my art career and myself and my downtime and my, yeah, I'm just continuing to learn. So it's just like a well of information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In your experience and perspective, how or or do queerness and creativity feed each other? Mm-hmm. Or are, are they in relationship? Like for you, in your yeah. sense of queerness and your sense of creativity, what's the... Um, hmm. do you, does that make sense, that question? Yeah, like what? what is the relationship what is the connection point or like, how are they kind of like feeding each other? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there another way that comes to mind for you in framing that question? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, what is creativity for you? Hmm. Creativity is like, I, I get this feeling in me. that's almost like protective. I feel like it's everyone's birthright. It's like, we're just the more we're encouraged to to explore through like singing and drawing and like I mean anything it's it feels like um a kind of curiosity about life and I I think what comes to mind is creativity isn't just connected to what we think of as art like can be anything like the way that you um look at a a color or like a book or the way you're like figuring out how to do a project or it's like um I think that it it, creativity encompasses like our own sense of of trust and allowance and um freedom and like and it just makes me feel like sad that so many people have had the experience of having that suppressed and just through like schooling and being told that like, like I've, I've had multiple friends be like, I was told I was a bad singer growing up. And so, you know, I just shut that down on me, which makes, makes me feel so sad. And in so many other cultures, it's like just part of who you are, because that is what like gives you life on an everyday basis like Mm. just yeah Mm -hmm. I obviously get really passionate about it yeah no that's great what is queerness for you Mm. queerness for me I guess queerness for me is also this process of shedding um false um ideas that we were all fed or, you know, some more than others, but that I was definitely fed growing up. And so, um, I really do believe that most people have, um, queer aspects to themselves that were maybe also like suppressed and, um, maybe that you've never even like thought about because we were born into a world that doesn't, um, tell you that there's more than just two assign genders and that there's um more ways to do things than you've been told are Mm. I think that that's kind of a big aspect around queerness Mm -hmm. so I guess a different way to formulate that previous question is do you see parallels between queerness and creativity and as you expand and explore whatever you would define as your queerness or your creativity, does it influence the other one? Hmm. Yeah, I'd say they definitely influence the other one. Um, I think queer identity is kind of like inventing on a day-to-day basis. Like that it's like the reminder that you can invent and reinvent yourself that is very connected to my creative practice as well and what I think of as creativity it's like if you're doing the same exact way of doing something every day then it's becomes like more of like an obligation or something that you like have to do unless you're 
that kind of artist that really, really, really is into repetition, which I have respect for. But it feels like, um, yeah, like also this unpredictable kind of expansive um, tool. If yeah. you could, in maybe like a very concise paragraph, uh-huh. describe your ideal early childhood education experience, and that can include... Mm-hmm. life kind of it doesn't have to be within the context of school mm-hmm. but what would people be learning say from you know the time that they start talking to um maybe like earlier mid-adolescence mm-hmm. and what age is like earlier mid-adolescence like, like say um okay what what would people be learning from about age one to about 13 or 14 in my ideal world yeah. oh my god okay uh something that really comes to mind is the exploration of the different senses and being like from very early on I can I see like early childhood education as encompassing um just like play with the voice, with um, the like sense of touch. And um, also with sense of touch comes, I think definitely like consent work. So that there's like an empowering of each young person to know when they're choosing how to um, have agency with their bodies and with their, senses um so I think it would probably start out with like a lot of play within the senses and um a lot of like practices in listening to one another so that there's like relationships where there's space to listen and give feedback um and also a space where like every emotion and state of being is okay and that like ways of communicating like that something is wrong or shameful is just not a part of it (laughs) um and you know I think like being exposed to like many different art forms and music and um all of that is really important those are kind of the main things. <laughs> I just really love all those answers you gave. Okay, great. <laughs> um, especially because you have Venus and Taurus in your fifth house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Definitely. the love of the body, the love of sensing in this place of play and creativity as a Gemini. The reason I asked you that question is, you know, Gemini is the, um, the sign where we find information about the early cognitive development mm-hmm. and early education and oh. kind of, I think that, Right now we live in a time when school provides that, but definitely hasn't always been like mm-hmm. that. And there are so many other factors that come into our uh, growth as yeah. learning, thinking, communicating beings. Yeah. I think it's just a lot of encouragement is key. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you have learned in your life about being embodied and being in your body mm. that you could share? I've learned that each of us is already resourced with what we need and what we, and if not exactly what we need, then each of us is resourced to know what it is that we need. So I think the greatest thing that I've learned through various embodiment practices that I've learned here and there is like, that um, is how to connect with my own intuition and trust my own sense about things. Um, And yeah, like something very simple that I do before I perform is I usually take off my shoes and I plant my feet into the ground and I just connect with a sense of groundedness. Um, So just like simple things like breath work is really important to to me feeling like in my body and grounded um and and intuition whatever way that feels for me like 
just trusting in my instinct. And the more that I do it, the more that it comes to be a second nature thing. <clears throat> There's a lot of people talking about intuition and mm. I think a lot of different ideas about what it is. Yeah. What is it for you? Hmm. Well, as you asked me that, I closed my eyes and I was breathing and I was like connecting with, um, with my heart and my center. Um, and so I think that is kind of one of the first steps sometimes when I'm trying to tune into what it is that I feel and know. And um, intuition feels like sometimes like the first answer to a question that comes to me and just trusting in that. Um, it kind of feels hard to explain. It feels like more of like a sensation or a knowing or like sometimes it's also like um, like for me, I get uh, visions. And so I um, trusting in what I see. Mm. Yeah. So when you have a sense of feeling or knowing, can you describe the difference between a feeling that you would say is an intuitive guide guidance and the feeling that is not hmm. like maybe another kind of feeling that might have some directionality like uh that would propel you to do something but that maybe isn't coming from your intuition mm. um I think when I'm being reactive to a fear that is often not really intuition though it can also be a way of like my body's wisdom like protecting me from something um but it, it feels like distinctly like I I know within myself when something is more like fear-based reaction um whereas intuition feels like there's possibility there like it's like showing me a way that feels um mm, like something to follow because it will, because it's helpful, because it's supportive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there, I'm, you didn't use these words at all. I'm going to mm -hmm. use them. Yeah. Um, is there some kind of sense that when you're following intuition, there's more pleasure? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Definitely. I, yeah, I guess I love that you put those words there because, um, that it, it seems to be coming more and more as I set that intention in my life to create more pleasure-based experiences. And um, there's that first essay in, in Pleasure Activism, an essay I read a lot, the um, uses of the erotic by Audre Lorde. And it, it really emphasized in that essay, if, you, if something doesn't feel right to you, or rather she says, you know, this is what I choose because it feels right to me. Mm -hmm. And there's, you don't have to explain yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you say that that as a sensation and a way of being relates to both queerness and creativity? Yeah. Yeah. I think that it can require a lot of courage. Maybe as more like visibly marginalized folks, um, experience and express joy in their expression and their identity that's like it's a it's a radical thing to do mm. yeah India what are you working on these days um I'm working on an album that will be recorded in June right right um starting on my mom's birthday and <laughs> days before my birthday um and then I'm working on a solo show that will, I'm trying to basically like mix all of these worlds that we talked about today. So mixing the music and more like embodied drag clown work with um, video projection and um, storytelling. And so I think I'm going to be releasing the album around the late summer, fall, and have it come with this like solo show. Okay, that's just starting to come through. <laughs> so, are the sh is the show the same as the album, or are they using the same music, or it's two different projects? 
I don't know. I think that the Gemini always wants to make all the connections in the world. Right. So it might be that I have my album for sale that'll set for sale there, but that it's um, not the same exact songs. Okay. That's the thing also about my performances are always different with music. So I think either way, the what I perform with the album will be kind of different right from the album yeah is there anywhere we can find you before then um i have a show that i put together at turn 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 which will be um that's a venue in portland it will be um june 15th and i am performing with some folks that i'm excited about playing with so yeah that's one show that i know for sure is happening um Hmm. Well, before we wrap it up, is there anything else that you want to talk about, either just Mm. coming from you or thinking about your astrology or anything else? Hmm. Yeah. I know that there are things. Oh, well, if you come to this performance um, and you want to please me, please bring me... um, (laughs) Please, please, Indira. (laughs) Please, 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 (laughs) by bringing me a gluten-free cupcake. Um, That's my Venus and Taurus. (laughs) If you want to show me love, feed me. (laughs) GF cupcakes. (laughs) Yeah, GF cupcakes. Um, What else do you think we could talk about? Is there anything that comes to mind when you look at my chart? Yeah, well, one thing that I was really noticing was this grand water trine Mm -hmm. that has formed because of a transit so basically Neptune is hovering around the middle degrees of Pisces and you have Pisces at the root of your chart and now for the next two years Neptune is saturating this root and forming a a trine with the other two water signs um, and your Jupiter Chiron conjunction in Cancer and then um, you have Pluto in Scorpio and Lilith is close by. Um, so a grand trine is when all three signs of the same element are united mm. and Neptune at the root of the chart, like the root of the chart, I'm thinking of your root, obviously your stability, your sense of groundedness, feeling like you can occupy space. And one thing that I am so excited about you right now and and for you is this way that I think you're really like stand like stepping into your Hmm. power a lot and and like I mean you've always had a very strong presence but I feel you really kind of just inhabiting your presence right now um so that root and then roots in more of a um family lineage kind of way or in chosen family chosen Hmm. lineages Mm -hmm. um sense and that can include the whole world Mm -hmm. so neptune can be i think in one of its um more beautiful and maybe like high level manifestations Mm -hmm. it connects us to to oneness and oneness i mean like vibration Mm -hmm. and resonance and the way that you know we're all these collections of molecules just vibrating together here on the earth plane. (laughs) Um, And Neptune works through sound. It works through the sound vibration and that kind of like etheric plane of the dreams and the psychic space and what we feel in a very encompassing whole body way, but it's too at the same time, like subtle and overwhelming to really be articulated so that that's coming, that feeling is kind of coming into your root. And I'm just imagining Mm. you like as a channel, Mm. you know, opening up and then, um, the grand trine energy is this flow and the flow of you as a channel working, um, very congruently with your intuition, with your ancestry, with the vibes you're picking up from your audience and Mm. the feeling of culture in that moment, wherever you are and being able to express it. And then, um, so in astrology, there are all these aspect patterns and one aspect pattern that can come in with a grand trine is called a kite. And so when you have, um, 
all three of, of the water elements full. And then there are these oppositions to the earth elements. And so the way that, that all this feeling is going to get channeled, right. Um, and, and manifest in your natal Neptune and Capricorn. I'm thinking about you just being such a, um, a shapeshifter, you know, and that in, in this world where we really have loved to put boxes around things and especially with artists, um, well with anybody, but with artists, you know, it's like, well, are you a singer? Are you a filmmaker? And you're all of them (laughs) and kind of dissolving those, those borders and boundaries. And then your Venus and Taurus is the other place where it's coming out, which is just this kind of full bodied, very pleasure full, um, experience of creativity. I feel so excited when I look at your chart. I I see all these things that are coming up where I'm like, oh my God, in the next couple of years, um, as you go, you know, finish your Saturn return and move into the integration of the Saturn return, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm not a predictive astrologer. I can't say what's going to happen, but I'm pretty sure you are going to um, fucking rock your life (laughs) and your art. Wow. You are making me feel very good. (laughs) I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about Chiron right now. I've been learning and studying about it a lot. And your natal Chiron, um, of course, is in Cancer. And your natal Chiron is square to your natal Mars, Mars in um, Aries. But Chiron in transit is coming on to that point. And so I'm curious about, I guess, what you're going to do with your directionality and your path, like your purpose Mm -hmm. and how far you're going to push what you're potential is or, or something mm, like I think yeah. about that Mars and Aries kind of feeling of just like, fuck yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Like <laughs> I am going to do this. Nobody can get in my way. I am an artist, capital A, capital R, capital T. Um, like get out of the way unless you're here to help. <laughs> I love that you're saying that because I'm definitely becoming more discerning about like what's helpful and what's not and just getting that out of the way or you know sometimes it's like requires like not continuing certain relationships because they're not yeah supporting me anymore um yeah something really scares me about a lot of doing work consistently so like the lifestyle of like I'm gonna tour and like do every a show like every night you know something about that doesn't feel like I could it could really be sustainable for me but I it's interesting because it's like I think that a lot of folks that um dedicate their lives to sharing their creative gifts do have a lot of support and I feel that so strongly right now like people are believing in me and they like want me to grow and without that I'm like I don't know I probably wouldn't be able to see it for myself or really wouldn't Mm. like feel like excited to grow and share more um that being said it's like I'm excited to get like stronger and braver about asking for help and Mm. like creating a kind of like support system and team and and having people I work with that I can trust to to help me on that journey it's like sharing my gifts feels really good Mm. I want to keep doing that yeah yeah so in your chart there's another aspect pattern it's called a t-square and Mars is the fulcrum of a square from your cancer and your Capricorn and I don't know if this is true you tell me if it resonates but one way I might kind of think about this is as um you as a younger person I know you had a support in your family to be an artist and explore your creativity. But, um, you as a person that is a shape shifter and a a gender blender and a blender of all kinds and can't really exist in one, um, separated form and also can't exist. I would say like your, um, your art can't exist without a real level of 
personalness and feeling and like maybe even a quality of, um, of healing that's within it. Like you're a channel, but you're also a a kind of a shamanic figure, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're opening up space and inviting people in to feel and to go on journeys with you. Um, and how you do that, like how you make that happen for yourself in the world where that isn't a category, Mm. right? Like I think of that as, as your Mars and as this kind of, um, claiming of your artistry that includes all of the things and that includes Mm. your spiritual path and includes your capacity as like a a therapist, you Mm. know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. That's why it feels like hard to explain in a way. Um, yeah, there's still a lot that I'm learning around, like how to do self care with mm. my art practice. Cause I can, um, perform and feel totally drained the next day. So I think that there's just like, as I grow more and give more, um, I'm going to just have to get better at my self care practices and also knowing when it's okay to rest. Yeah. Cause like, I love that. I love restorative rest. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What kind of invitation slash advice would you give to anyone listening that is feeling inspired by your creative practice Mm. or by you as a human? Probably similar to what I tell people after they feel impacted when they see me perform. And I... I really think that we're such strong mirrors for each other. And like, I have so many people be like, Oh, I used to play this. And like, I kind of just gave it up or like, um, there's a way in which I feel like when we get inspired by other people, it's something that's living in us. So if you're feeling really pulled to start playing music, just start with doing it for yourself and know that like your own expression is unique and and being inspired by others is a beautiful thing and just like it's also a beautiful thing to acknowledge that your particular sound and way of expressing is um something that can't be replicated and something that is your birthright to um let grow and expand and just know that you're powerful and that it this world would just benefit from you sharing your beauty and believing in yourself. So yeah, that's my wish for the world that everyone can feel that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's like a good place to end. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) Um, Do you have a song in mind that you would want to share with anyone listening? Sure. There's a song called um, No Me Tengas Miedo, which means do not fear me. Um, I have a video for it online, and it's kind of like um, it's a prayer to listen to those guides and voices and to not fear the unknown. Well, we'll go out with that song, and that'll play next, and I hope everyone enjoys it, and I'll uh, include links to that video. Do you have a link to the pizza performance? Oh my God. (laughs) Did anyone ever film it? Yes. Someone filmed the whole thing and it's just in my Google drive. Should I make it public? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, and then I'll also link to your website, which is tender heart productions, your work as a videographer and portrait photographer. Mm -hmm. And Indira is an incredibly talented visual artist working with portraiture. Um, mostly doing queer portraiture, right? Yes. And I've had the opportunity to have my photo taken by you, and I'm such an introvert. I hate people pointing cameras at me, and you made me feel so comfortable. Aww. I felt really safe. Aww. I felt seen. That's amazing. <laughs> very healing. Yeah, I love cross-promoting people's work, so there's also an Instagram that's uh, Tender Heart Productions and just kind of, like, features the different work of other creative, mostly queer artists yeah great yeah and then I'll um also include a link to your personal Instagram in Dira Valley with all your art and if you want to stay updated on Indira's work 
check it out everywhere. Yeah, and contact me and come to shows and yeah, I'd love to connect with more people. And don't forget the cupcake. Oh yeah, don't <laughs> get like so many cupcakes next time. <laughs> or just flowers or anything that's you know, just comforting. Just like actual cake. Oh yeah, just like a whole cake. Just a bouquet with a cake. Oh yeah. <laughs> like some sweaters and yeah. you know. Nice teas. Gift me like a spa day. Oh, a spa day. Yeah, yeah. Just, just all of it. Come with some beautiful oil and yes. be ready for a foot rub. Yes. <laughs> Give me a full massage. Yes. Okay. Yes, Venus and Taurus. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Indira. Thanks Thank for you. being here. Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Once again, you can catch Indira at Turn, Turn, Turn in Portland on June 15th. You can find more information about upcoming shows and performances on Instagram or Facebook at Indira Valley. That's I-N-D-I-R-A-V-A-L-E-Y. And make sure to check out Indira's photography and portraiture work online at tenderheartproductions.org. You can find more of Indira's music at indiravalley.bandcamp.com. And in case you missed all of that, all of these links will also be listed in the show notes. I'm going to close out this episode with one of Indira's tracks, No Me Tengas Miedo. Thank you so much for listening. Darkest of stairs